you know, I want to talk today about relevancy, uh, especially uh, in the workplace or at home in, with your neighbors and all that good stuff. Um, so today is, is the day for this. Um, so I got this call the other day. It was uh, one of my buddies. And um, I don't know if you guys have any friends that are like this, but I have a lot of friends that, um, you know, they understand that if I need something, I'm calling them. If they need something, they're calling me. Well, my buddy called me. And I know this will surprise you, but he didn't want, when he called, he didn't want my strength. You know, I don't look, look like Shane or like Ken Hill, you know. So I'm not very big. Matter of fact, my wife's muscles might be almost as big as mine. Um, but he also didn't want my intellect, you know. So you guys know me well. <laughs> you know, most people don't want my intellect. However, though, this guy did want something bigger than that. He wanted my prayer. That's what he wanted. He wanted me to be praying for him in a situation. And at that moment, I was his lifeline. You know, he needed me to stand in the gap for him. So, you know, I started thinking about that as I was, as I was driving home. You know, what an honor it is to be somebody's lifeline. You know, and then I started thinking of, I guess, the journey to being somebody's lifeline. You know, to being somebody's go-to guy. I mean, I always relate it to like a, um, a sporting game, a competition, right? It's like a buzzer beater, you know? You know, it's like football. It's a sudden death field goal. I mean, it, it's down to the last wire, and that guy's in a spot where he can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, so he calls his buddy, and I was the go-to guy. But I think about it, what makes a go-to guy? Or a go-to girl. You know, and I, I believe it's our trials, it's our tribulations that we go through. You know, whether how harsh they are or not how, how harsh they are. Um, but it, it shapes you, right? I mean, when you're down on your luck or you think you are. Um, when you get kicked in the teeth and how you respond. Um, how you are when things are great. You know, when you're being blessed beyond measure right? I mean, all those things, they shape us. And I think about this. um, It's those experiences that make us relevant to other people. And as all you school teachers are going back to school, you know, and all you workers are going back to the job site, um, you know, flying people across United States. I mean, as you guys go back to work, whether it's a hospital or wherever, the relevancy of who you are is a big deal. And if you don't think you're relevant, then you must stay at home and never leave the house and nobody ever gets to see you. So just by stepping outside, driving in your car, driving to Walmart makes you relevant whether you choose to use it or not. I like what John said. John said um, he was looking for signs, right? It's like when you're driving, driving down the road, right? And the worst thing you could ever see, you look in your rearview mirror, and all you see are the lights going. (laughs) So you're going to get pulled over. And the cop says, you know how fast you're going? And you're like, I have no idea. You know why? Because I wasn't paying any attention to the signs. You know, you got a good idea that you were probably... 20, 30 miles over. <laughs> but you missed all the signs, you know. Same idea, same thing. Um, so the relevancy is really what, what has Christ done in your life? You know, his walk 
is what we are, we are to imitate. Um, I don't know if you remember a few weeks ago, well, probably a few months ago, I spoke about um, a, a rabbi, you know, a Jewish teacher, and the people that are under him, that are studying to take his place. Their goal was to, to be coated in the dust of a rabbi. In other words, they would follow the rabbi so close that as he walked, all the dust would go back on them and they would be dirty from the dust. In other words, they want to be so close that he'd pass the knowledge and the wisdom onto them. And the, and the rabbi's goal was to have them be better than he is. So he'd be more wise, more knowledgeable. And that's, the, that's, that's how Christ is with us. He wants us to be that exact same thing. He wants us to, to follow that close to affect people that much, to learn and to be relevant in our workplace and, and just in our family life. So, you know, God really pressed on a, a lot of different things uh, the last three or four weeks for me. Um, but we're going to start right with, with my scriptures real quick. And I don't have too many, um, but it's uh, 1 Corinthians um, chapter 9, verses 19 through 23. Um, but let's talk about what Corinth looked like. Because I want you guys to know, this is my Bible. It doesn't look like a Bible, but, but it's my Bible, right? Um, so your Bible is, is you're only going to get out of your Bible what you read, what you put into it, right? So what I, what I dig about the Bible, though, is this, is that all these different cities in the New Testament, you know, um, in particular Corinth, you know, Romans, you know, all these different cities, they all have a story behind the city. So the city of Corinth was this. It was, a, it was a major cosmopolitan city, right? It was a seaport, and it was uh, a major market trading uh, center. Um, so when you have money, especially back then, seaports, what do you have a lot of? Well, debauchery, right? Uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of money generally leads to maybe immorality, you know, uh, especially back then, idolatry, you know, which goes hand in hand with immorality. Um, just about everything that could go on in one city was going on in this city. So then I want you to think about that and, you know, 2,000 years ago and think about now. Has anything changed? I mean... Where there's a lot of money, there's all those things. I mean, Stackross just got back from, uh, from Vegas. You know, there's a, there's a line. There's a family line, right? Once you go past the family line, it's all there. You know, you get over to Europe and you get in the, the red light districts, right? I mean, there's a line. You don't go past that line. But those lines are there. Where there's money, there's going to be, be all those things. And that's relevant. Whether it's 2,000, 4,000 years ago or current, all that history is relevant to now. Because what does the word say? The word is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, right? So that's a big deal. So, and this is Paul's mission field. I mean, this is, this is all of Paul's mission field. And this is just one little city. Um, but here, here's the thing. What I really like about uh, 1 Corinthians in, in, in particular, how many of you guys know that 
Chapter 13. Chapter of love, right? Most people know that one. How about chapter 7? This is one of my favorites, though. This is on marriage, you know. This, that chapter will give you a swift kick right in the teeth, but it'll also tell you what to do. I love that, right? Um, but also, how about chapter 12? That's on spiritual gifts, you know. But we're, we're going to be talking about chapter 9. And I think once, you're, once we go through this, maybe you'll add this to your list of favorites. So we're going to start out with uh, verse 19. And we're just going to go through it as, uh, as we progress. So it says, um, oh, let's see here. So my, my uh, translation is a little bit different. So I'm going to read mine, but you guys read this. This means I am not bound to obey people just because they pay me. Yet I have become a servant to everyone so that I can bring them to Christ. So what's Paul talking about? He's talking about not being obligated to obey, not, being, not having to obey, right? Instead, he says that he chooses to. He's a free man. He can do whatever he wants. That's where being relevant on a job site really matters. You know, you can go right or left, right? You have to be relevant. Your example has to be led. It doesn't matter if, it's, if you're leading your family. Uh, you know, I got boys. I mean, you guys know. All my boys want to grow up to be like me. Well, what kind of example am I going to set? I have that choice. And I love it that Paul says that, you know, he, he's, he's a free man with no master, yet he's become a slave to all people to bring as many as he can to Christ, right? So verse 20 continues with that, and it says, When I am the Jew, I become one of them so that I can bring them to Christ. When I am with those who follow the Jewish laws, I do the same, even though I'm not subject to the law, so I can bring them to Christ. See, he honors their traditions, but he's not bound by them, right? But how about we look at it like this? He's not going to cross the line. He knows where he's at in Christ. He knows where he has to go in Christ. And he's not going to do anything that's going to damage his reputation, damage Christ's example, right? But he's going he's gonna to go to the machine shop, you know, I saw a thousand foot crutch at the machine shop. I knew I was in a pretty rough spot when I went to use the bathroom in the toilet. There was a sticker of Jesus inside the toilet. You know, there's a Christian band that was playing there. But I thought, you know what? Here's the thing. Is that I am a light in a dark place right now. You know, and it's pretty dark in the machine shop. <laughs> it smells worse than a wrestling room. And that's pretty bad. You know, because you got beer mixed in with the sweat, you know, so it's pretty rough. But still, you know, um, I wasn't going to I wasn't going to compromise my beliefs. You know, even though I was there, it would have been just as easy to grab a beer. Been just as easy to, you know, start talking a bunch of junk with a bunch of different people. But I chose not to. So let's go on to verse 21. When I'm with the Gentiles, I do not have the Jewish law. I fit in with them as much as I can in this way. I gain their confidence 
and bring them to Christ. But I do not discard the law of God. I obey it. Now, if that's not relevant, I don't know what is. You know, you guys are going to be faced with some opportunities. Like we were talking about football, about, you know, the pregame prayer, the aftergame prayer. I mean, the opportunities you get to sow into people's life. I mean, those are such big deals, you know. And if you choose to obey what the, what the Holy Spirit's putting on your heart, that's a win for you and for God. In verse, uh, verse 22, it goes on, it says, When I am with the oppressed, I share the oppression, so I might bring them to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, so that I might bring them to Christ. You see what Paul's doing here, you guys, is he's active, right? He's pursuing. He's going into those places. He's pulling people out. He's not afraid to do something that maybe is, is not what you would usually do. You know, I think that really says a lot about your walk, about being uncomfortable. Being uncomfortable a lot of times isn't any fun, but if you've ever chose to be uncomfortable in a new situation, it's then when you're done with it, it's like a victory a lot of the times. You know, my dad used to always tell me, to win you can't be afraid to fail. It's the same idea, right? You have to be able to to embrace something that sometimes isn't very embraceable. And I think, I think that really speaks to me. You know, it's putting God's word first, not last. It's participating to an extent, Right? So let's go on to verse 23. This is the reason why Paul does it. It says, I do all this to spread the good news. And in doing so, I enjoy the blessings. See, it's a humble reward that Paul gets. But it's a powerful reward. He does all that for you guys. You know, there's not a lot of glory associated with uh, doing the right thing a lot of times. Right? Right? I, you guys remember uh, a guy by the name of Steve Cronkright? Some of you guys will. All right, well, he's a really cool dude. He's uh, my first uh, e-group leader with Steve Cronkright. And he used to sell, oh, I think he still does, he sells uh, auto glass. So he worked for a company, PBG is who he worked for. And uh, sales guy, right? So the company is going to take him out. And they're in Detroit, and they're at some auto show. And... They're going to go to a topless bar. Uncomfortable situation if you're a Christian, right? So now, this isn't what Paul is saying to go and participate with, though. So it's not like, you know, Paul's not, Jesus, the Holy Spirit's not giving you a free reign to go there. But what it is doing is it's challenging you, right? Right? So Steve, there's there's like eight or nine of these guys, right? And they're all gung-ho to go. And it comes to Steve, and Steve says, I'm sorry, you guys can go if you want, but um, I'm just going to go over to that restaurant over there. And then the lobbying started. Oh, come on, Steve, you know, you're square, you know, you're straight laced. Come on. He goes, no, you know what, that's not for me. He says, you guys can go. I won't think anything different of you. You know, 
You guys can go. And then his buddy that was on the fence with this whole thing says, I'm going to hang out with Steve. And then his buddy that was on the fence said, I'm going to hang out with Steve and his friend. They all ended up eating at this other restaurant. See, that's, that's the relevancy of your life, right? That's what Paul's talking about right here. It's a big deal. You sports guys are really going to appreciate this. I, I was driving, uh, picked up Chelsea from a, um, a band camp or a worship camp, and I saw this, uh, this billboard, and it said, it, said, it said, sports is not a foundation uh, to build character. It doesn't teach character, right? But it did say this. It says, but it does reveal it. I thought, yeah, you know. And then I thought, wow, you know, that's exactly it. So who's going to teach character? You know, how many, how many kids get shoved off to school and want you teachers to teach character? Because they're not getting any at home. If I had a Bible right now, I'd throw it down and say, if you're not teaching, but I can't throw my iPad. <laughs> I'd have a bunch of people crying out there. <laughs> anyway, so what? But that's, the, that's really the deal, though, right? Is that it's your responsibility to teach character. See, character is a foundational issue. Now, that's what Paul's talking about here. These are foundational things. You know, if you build that foundation deep enough, wide enough, all the storms in life can come. And it's just going to get more and more solid, Right? But conversely, though, if you don't do that, then the wind's going to blow and it's going to knock the house down. You know, that, that kid's character will be revealed. You know, Avery's one of my favorite ones to talk about, about character, because he hates to lose, right? He just hates it. But he's also, he's, you know, we talk about line crossers, you know, like RJ, my boy, he's a line crosser. But he's a sneaky one, though. He'll put his little toes right there. The line's right there. He's got his toes just barely, barely touching the line, right? And I'll say, don't go past that line. So he'll get, if he can get an eighth of an inch on the line, he'll say, okay, I'm not past it, right? Now, Avery, though, is the other one. He's like this. He's so far past the line. But the one that, the little, this little toe one, that's the one to look out for, you know, because he's on the edge. He just ain't letting you know it, right? Right. So Avery, he's the kid that, you know, during flag football once, I told him, don't let that kid go by you. You're better than him. Don't let him go by you. So what did he do? The kid started to go by him. He grabbed him, holding call, threw him right to the ground, and then wouldn't let him up, <laughs> right? And then what did he do next? He saw the flag coming, and then he cried. I was doing what my dad told me. <laughs> that's what he told, told the ref. I was doing what my dad told me. You know, he's just bawling, you know. But that's how Avery is. He'll punch you in the mouth and then he'll want to pray for you. Right? I mean, I love that about him, you know. It's the relevancy. That's what we're talking about. You know, you get punched in the mouth a lot by the world. But how are you going to respond? You know, how, how are you going to respond? So, how many of you guys have been reading in Romans? This week. 
right? Cool. Okay, there's a few of you there, right? So that's what we're supposed to be reading uh, as a church, you know, just Romans uh, 1 and 2. And look at this. Romans, um, actually, John. Oh, John, you got your baby. Come on up here. I'm going to hang on to this. I'm going to click on this, this uh, mic real quick. I think I am. Hold on. You've got to be smarter than the mic. You push the bottom, maybe? No. Nope. No. Nope. All right, you're just going to have to yell this because I don't know. Oh, maybe they turned it on. That says low battery. Okay, so here's what I want you to read. Oh, man, hold on. Just did it. Okay, read that one. This is Romans 2, verse 13. For it is not the hearers of the law that are justified before God, but the don't doers. doers of the law that will be justified before God. All right, so what he just read is this. That's good. For it is not the hearers of the law that are justified before God, but the doers of the law that are justified before God. You know, I was talking to my boys this morning. They're like, Dad, Dad, what are you going to preach about today? I was talking to Caleb and Parker, too, about it. You know, God wants you to be in action, right? How many of you guys know that to hear the word is one thing, but to do it is completely different? God wants you guys to be doers of his word. Not just hearers. I mean, you could hear the word. John will tell you. How many times do you hear the word? You know, but when you see it in action, that's where it's all all starts, right? I mean, being in the construction business, John knows how rough it is. Keith knows. A lot of us know. It's just awful a lot of the times. How about this? Um, I was reading this commentary, and they were given a description and it said that, you know, you guys ever heard the description that, you know, Christians are to be all things to all people. You know, and, and that's true, but we're not supposed to be uh, chameleons, right, that blend in. Anybody ever got a, uh, a letter that has an embossing on it, right? Like, you know, you can run your hand across it and you can feel it. It's raised. It's not perfectly flat. And amongst a bunch of sheets of papers, when you get to the embossing, you can feel it right away. Well, that's the deal, is that we're to stand out. You know, you can be in the crowd, but we're to stand out. We're supposed to be different. You know, we, we get an opportunity to, to lead. I always say my bo- to my boys and, and Chelsea and Sophia, we all lead by example. Good or bad, we're leading every step of the way. You lead. And that's the relevancy of the Word of God, right? Who's going to lead? So let me ask you this. Is the Holy Spirit relevant today? Is Jesus Christ relevant today? Is God relevant today? Are you guys relevant with your walk with Christ today? It's in the little things. How about this? You guys uh, go to a party and a bunch of people are smoking dope. Is that something for you guys to participate in? No. Right? Drinking? No. How about gossiping? No. I mean, it's uh, swearing. Nope. You're setting an example. 
I mean, all those things. These are little things, big things. We're always setting an example. You know, I choose not to participate in things that are going to set me up to be, instead of an imitator of Christ, I'm an imitation. You know, it's like a, you know, a USA-made high-quality rifle and a Chinese rifle. You know, one's going to work really smooth, the other one's not. And when I have something big come by me and I want to kill it, I don't want the one that might work. I want the one that's going to work. So I'm going to spend the extra money and time on that. And the same thing with the Word of God. If you want the Word of God to work, you've got to spend the time on it. The whole relevancy is just that. What you put in this, John will tell you, is what you get out of it. I mean, it'll, it'll change your life. It'll change your marriage. It'll change your kid's life. Change your friend's life, your brother's life. You know, he's going to see the change in you guys. And it's being relevant to them. So that's what, that is all that I have for you guys today. We have to be imitators. I want to be dusty. I want to be right behind Christ. I want all that dust to fall on me. You know, I might have to blow it off. It's so dusty sometimes. You know, but you can affect so many different people, so many different ways, just like Paul did. You know, so we're going to pray about that right now. And uh, and then you guys are going to be released. Sounds like I'm releasing the dogs. <laughs> All right. So, Father God, we just thank you. We thank you that your word is so powerful. We thank you that it's here today as it was yesterday and it will be here tomorrow. I pray that we would be relevant in our workplaces, Lord, in our family life, the relationships that we've made that we're able to set godly examples because Lord knows we're always going to be setting examples. I pray that we're able to have grace too when we do screw up and we always fall on your mercy, Lord, to, to guide us. I pray the Holy Spirit would just be so alive and well in everybody here that it would just drive them my boy Riley wants a, a, a fire Bible. <laughs> and that's what I want everybody's Bibles to be here, Lord, is fire Bibles, ones that are just on fire, that the, that the words actually walk. Not just talk to them, but actually walk. Father, I just love what you've done for us and what you're doing for us. I love that you're shaping each and every one of us. Father, I would just pray right now, though, if we're not allowing you to shape us completely, that I would pray that barriers will be broken. That as these things that leave us are replaced by godly things, as these demons leave us, Lord, that we fill them up with your word, those voids that are left whether it's laziness, whether it's greediness, Lord, whatever idolatry it is, Lord, that it would be filled with you. Lord, I just pray that we would be an advancing army 
that we're able to stand our ground when we're in those situations that are uncomfortable. Father, we just, we just thank you. We thank you for, um, for you just being bigger than all of us. And Father, if there's anybody here that don't know you, that don't know your saving grace, that it is not about being a doer of the word first. It is about what you've done, what you've done on a cross for us. It is about accepting Christ as your Savior, and confessing it with your mouth, Lord, believing that he was the one sacrifice. He died on a cross and he rose from the dead. Man, I just can't thank you enough for that. And if there's anybody here that doesn't or hasn't done that, Father, just impress upon them that today is the day. Today is the day that you can be in heaven, eternally bound for heaven. Father, you are awesome. You are great. You're going to give us a great week and a great life, Lord. I just thank you. I thank you, Lord, for... um, for just giving me the words to say. In Jesus' name, amen.